Hey, Pioneers, we have an incredible Pioneers-only podcast for you today. It is so in-depth. It's about turkey hunting, and it's pretty much everything you're going to need to know to go out today. Well, maybe not today, but to get started today so that you can get a wild, so you can kill a wild turkey. If you're interested in turkey hunting, you're going to love this episode. And if you're not, listen anyway, because you might start to become interested. Corby Taylor, he hosts the Wild Game Hunting Podcast. He knows a ton about turkeys, a ton about how to call them in, how to find them, and how to kill them. And wild turkey is a really delicious meat. It's really good. I have a buddy who's killed a couple each year, and we always have a big dinner when he does. Uh, So check it out, and uh, send me pics if you wind up getting one. So here it is, the interview with Corby Taylor. And he jumps right in talking about his first turkey hunt. And I remember the, the very first turkey hunt that I ever went on. Uh, went out, called it in, and when it came in, and you know, if you're a turkey hunter, you know, or if you become one, you'll soon find out what I'm talking about. You know, when it's there's just something special about having a turkey come in that close to you, and you hear him spitting and drumming and, and hearing a gobble from 20 yards away. There's just nothing like it. I mean, deer hunting is exciting. Don't get me wrong. I do love to, <laughs> to hunt big bucks. But when you've got a, 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 such a beautiful bird, you know, that uh, is right there in front of you making all those noises that you don't normally hear, uh, man, it'll, it'll get a hold of you really quick. And so uh, I fell in love with hunting. And the funny thing about it is that hunt, I, I was so nervous that I didn't actually even pull the trigger and the bird walked away before I even got to shoot it. <laughs> Um, but that was the moment that I became absolutely addicted to turkey hunting. And, um, you know, whether I'm hunting them or whether I'm calling them in for somebody else and, and letting them shoot, I just absolutely love it. I love the sounds of the yeah. turkey. I love the, um, just the way it looks. It's just those iridescent feathers. And, yeah. Um, uh, man, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. You know, the, the five years I've been at it and I, like I said, I haven't gotten one yet. We have had them call back and I know the minute that's happened, it's felt like, oh man, this is awesome. But they I've never even had them come. I had one one time at about a hundred yards. That's the only time I've ever seen one even even start to come at us. Yeah, um, yeah. But I could see now that was you said your first turkey hunt or your first hunt ever? Was no, it? that was my first turkey hunt. Okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd shot deer, you know, bow hunted and rifle hunted deer before that, but that was my first turkey hunt. And then the cool thing about it is, you know, that afternoon I was able to successfully shoot one so oh, it was it wasn't a complete waste <laughs> of a day. But nice. Uh, but yeah, like you said, there you know, you when you in deer hunting, for the most part, uh, you know, I mean, you can rattle and you can grunt deer and yeah. call them into you, but for the most part, you just want to be where they're going to be walking by, and you want to yeah. be as quiet and still and as hidden as possible, and just yep. catch them when they're coming by and shoot them. But it's a different with a turkey because you're actually calling to them, and and they're responding to your call, so you hear them responding, and then you see them coming in, and and it's 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 kind of different because you're you're actually bringing them to you instead of just being in the right place at the right time waiting for them to walk by. So it's totally different kind of hunting, but uh, boy, it's it you know I guess it's a you know it's a it's a thrill and it's a rush whether you're you know shooting a big pope and young buck or a a huge wild turkey, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, something special about that turkey hunting for sure. So let's talk about that. Uh, for the listeners who have never turkey hunted in their life, don't know anything about turkeys, um, how is what we do when we go out turkey hunting, how is that kind of twisting what nature's normally doing? How are we, how are we uh, changing that up on the, the birds? Yeah, so it's kind of amazing that we can pull this off, to be honest with you. I think it's just, you know, God gave us brains to figure stuff out like this. But, <laughs> so we could eat. Um, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, uh, but... 
naturally, the way God made wild turkeys is uh, the the instead of the hens coming, I mean the gobblers coming to the hen, it's actually the reverse. The the, the tom gobbles, and uh, generally the hens will come to the tom. So we're actually defying nature, if you will, yeah. uh, by having them come to you. And, and you know, you mentioned earlier about uh, having one respond to you about a hundred yards away. And um, once you get in turkey hunting a little bit more, you understand, okay. What type of calls do what, and what type of calls is what is it saying to that approaching Tom? You know, is it is it enticing him to come in more, or is it just telling him, "Hey, I'm cool, and I'm going to come to you." And if you're telling him that, he's just going to stay where he's at because wow. you know he's 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 he feel like he's one at that point because the hen's going to come to him. So yeah. you got to be careful. You can be you can sound too excited in your calling, um, and if it's at the wrong time, like I said, he's going to going to stay there and wait for you to or wait for what he thinks is a hen to come to him. But there's other times when you've got to really convince him and you do have to call and, and get a little more aggressive. But, uh, yeah, we really define nature when we're uh, um, seducing a Tom <laughs> to come into gun range. Yeah. Boy, that's awesome. I've never never thought of it that way, never knew that you could be – I knew you can overcall, but to put it in those terms where you're actually letting him know, like, oh, don't bother, we're on our way. <laughs> we'll yep. get back to that when we talk about calling. Let's, let's talk very basic um, – for someone who's never turkey hunted, let's say you're taking me, because I'm as good as someone who's never done it, because I've never done it successful. <laughs> let's say you're okay. taking me out this spring. When I call you up, say, all right, what do I need to bring tomorrow morning? What do you tell a new guy? What do you tell him to dress? What do you tell him to bring? Okay. Well, um, if I could back up even just a little bit more to, yeah. uh, to prepare even more, you know, what I recommend is if someone has never, ever gone turkey hunting in their life, I would recommend that they actually go with someone and not actually hunt. Yeah, and good idea. The, for the, you know, for the reason I described earlier, I, I was so nervous that I couldn't even think straight and wasn't able to pull the trigger. There's a lot of, a lot of things you have to remember. Not, it's not that hard, but it's just, you're excited. The adrenaline's pumping. Oh yeah. So if you're able to be with someone that's experienced and, and you're able to kind of get those jitters out of you by having <laughs> a bird that close to you, but you, the pressure's not on you. That's a good. Um, yeah. It gets it's it really helps you for for the next hunt when you'll actually be pulling the sugar. But another thing that it does is it helps you to learn what's going on. So you, if you're with an experienced hunter, you're seeing okay what when is he calling and when is he not calling and what type of calls is he making and what is he doing whenever the the, the tom is is turned and starting to walk away and what is he doing whenever he's coming straight at you so you learn a lot and then it, like i said the best thing is it kind of gets those jitters out of the way so the first thing i would recommend is if you and i were going to go hunting is the first time you'd go with me um but you don't actually hunt it's not because i'm selfish and i want to shoot the bird <laughs> it's just i think I, you'll learn a lot more and you'll actually be set up for success for you know the time first time that you actually get to hunt but let's say we've done that and then the next time we go hunting um, it's your turn to pull the trigger. First thing is you're going to want to wear um, head-to-toe camo. And uh, turkeys can see color. And not only can they just see color, but they can see really, really well. Um, uh, scientifically, there's been all sorts of research. And um, they say that a turkey can see 8 to 10, eight to ten times better than a human. So if you can picture yourself looking through a pair of binoculars that are either 8 power or 10 power, yeah. that's how well and how close up a, uh, a turkey can see. So, you know, when we go out into a big field, we pull up our binoculars and we glass the field so that we can see everything in there really up close and in detail. Yeah. Well, that's how a turkey's looking all the time. So it's it's tough to, to get by without being seen by a turkey. That's the main 
uh, defense in in a turkey that that God has given them to be able to to avoid predators and and you know to them we're a predator as well. Yeah. Um, and then also one of the amazing things about a turkey's eyesight is um, the way their eyes are positioned on their head and the size of their eyes. They can actually see at a 300 degree range. So wow. A 360 degree range would be they could see literally straight behind yeah. them, but almost all the way around from the front all the way around nearly to right behind them they can see so i say all that to say that you've got to be in full camo and i don't mean just a camo hat camo shirt and camo pants um, you've got to have gloves on you've either got to have your face painted with camo or i wear a mask over my face yeah. so head to toe camo usually it's springtime you know it's starting to yeah. warm up a little bit but it's not really really cold either so um, generally kind of just a, you know, a long sleeve shirt you can usually get by with. Um, so head to toe camo is number one. Um, I use, I wear a Turkey vest and really it's just a convenience thing. Also, it's a comfort thing, I guess, because it, my Turkey vest has a little flip down seat yeah, in it. Those are nice. So yeah. So whenever, you know, you're going to sit on the ground for long periods of time. So you want to be comfortable and instead of toting around a chair, they've got some little, small, uh, short legged turkey stools that a lot of people use, but I like to try to go as, uh, you know, into the woods with the fewest things as possible, even though I'm known for carrying too much junk <laughs> in the woods, but, um, the vest is real comfortable because it flips down. You can just, you know, sit on it and lean against a tree, but also the turkey vest is going to be able to carry all your different types of calls. And I like to carry, you know, different types of calls. When I say different types of calls, there's box calls, there's pot calls, there's uh, mouth or diaphragm calls, tube calls, wing bone calls. There's a lot of different types of calls. And depending on what kind of mood that particular turkey is that you're hunting, one call may, may work and better than the other and yeah. vice versa. So you want to have a full arsenal of calls in your vest. So I wear a turkey vest, full uh, head-to-toe camo. Um, that, that way I'm ready to go. Now, awesome. as far as your gun goes, um, you know, I've got a turkey gun that I bought, a shotgun, specifically for turkey hunting. And here's the reason why. You want to set up a turkey gun just a little bit differently than you would a shotgun for, say, pheasant or dove yeah, or quail or yeah. whatever. And the ideal turkey gun, in my opinion, is going to have a little bit shorter barrel, so about a 23-inch barrel. That way you can maneuver in and out of the woods a little bit quicker, uh, more easily. Um, I like a full camo uh, uh, gun as well. That have to be, but, you know, it. It's not going to hurt, like I said, because <laughs> how turkeys can see. Yeah, you don't want to bring your pheasant gun out with the inlays and the uh, gold yeah, etching. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, the main differences, I think, on your setup of a turkey gun itself is that uh, you want to have an extra full choke in it. And you know the reason is is you want that choke to when you shoot that that shell, you want the um, the spray to be able to stay tight out to further distances and really have enough pellets in that area to, to make the, to make that lethal shot. So for our listeners who uh, don't know what a choke is, Corby, can you explain what exactly that is, how to change it? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, tell you us bet. a little bit more about that. So, so chokes are, uh, inside the gun, they go in the end of your barrel of your gun. And some of them you have to use a little choke wrench tool, super easy. And other ones you can hand tighten and loosen. But what the choke does is it restricts the um, the spray of the pellets that are coming out of the shell. So uh, the, the tighter the choke, the, the closer and more restricted the spray is so that it'll go out further before it starts expanding. And so like to compare it, you might have a pretty open choke for dove hunting because they're flying 40 miles an hour. And you're just going to you know <laughs> throw out this big spray of yeah. pellets for it to fly into, basically. But with, with turkey, you want to, you know, you're, you're aiming more like a rifle. Uh, you're aiming, you're pulling the trigger instead of just, you know, swinging through on a, on a, you know, a flying bird. And so the, the tighter your, uh, choke is, 
depending on which one you put in your gun, uh, the tighter those and more restricted the spray is so that it goes out further. So the more open a choke is, uh, the bigger the spray is, but the, the less pellets are going to be in a given area and it's not going to go out as far. And the tighter the choke, the more restricted it is and the further it's going to go out. So you might uh, make a 40 to 50 yard shot if you had the opportunity on a turkey. I would never attempt that on an open choke because there's yeah. not going to be enough pellets to be able to get out there and, and you know to make, make a lethal shot. Gotcha. Awesome. So make sure you have the extra. Full. Do you go with a turkey? Do you just buy one of those special turkey chokes? Yeah, actually, I actually there's you can just use an extra full choke, but mine is even more than that. Yeah, it's specifically that's what I got for too. turkey. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's never it's, used it's, it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you will. <laughs> I'm hoping this spring, man, you're gonna get a picture. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. So yeah, so full head to toe camo. Uh, you got your turkey vest. Um, you've got your shotgun ready to go. Um, I like, you, there's, there's three different types of turkey shells you can use are really just two, diff, three different lengths of, uh, shells overall. There's two and three quarter, three inch and three and a half inch. And, um, you know, turkeys are killed every single year with all three of them. But I personally believe in the, you know, the more, the bigger, the better, and the more, the better. So I, I use a three and a half inch shell and, um, it's a pretty big, uh, it's a pretty big yeah. hit on your shoulder. So I, you don't want to shoot more than once, no. but, uh, you know, and I usually shoot about a number five shot in my turkey shell. So, gotcha. yeah. So I think if you got all that ready to go, uh, that's, that's what you'd need to, and of to course, get out there and, uh, be able to hunt some turkeys. Just for people who don't know it, of course you're shooting a 12 gauge. Yes. 12 yep. gauge. Um, I, I shoot a Remington 870 pump 12 gauge. My son has a a Remington 870 20 gauge though, awesome. and he's killed uh, almost as many turkeys as I have now. So, so you don't have to. It's just going to be a limiter. Yeah, yeah. The, the just the the bigger the gun, uh, the bigger the shell, which means more pellets are going to be going to be going out when you pull a trigger, and you know the more the better. Gotcha. Awesome. So if you can handle the big three and a halfs and a 12 gauge, go for it. But if not, just shorten your range out, and you'll be you'll still be able to go turkey hunting. Absolutely. And you know, you want to pattern your gun. Um, I, every year before I go out and turkey hunt, I'll, I'll, uh, get a little printout turkey piece of paper and you know, tape it onto a cardboard box. And, you know, I'll see what my gun does at 20 yards, at 30 yards, at 40 yards, just once to one to make sure it's sided in still, yeah. but also just to know what it does. Cause you know, some guns, you know, you may feel very comfortable with it at, 30 yards but once you get out to 40 the spray opens up and you're just not feel, yeah. you're not real confident but yep. you know I've, I've killed turkeys at 50 yards I don't I don't try to do that but I know my gun will get out to 50 yards if I if I need to but getting to know what your gun does specifically um, is the key to that and you got a you know, pattern is the best way to do it yep absolutely great so we've we've got our head-to-toe camo we've got a the right gun it's patterned we know where uh, what our range is effective wise um, we're going, going with you tomorrow. What's the plan? All right. So we got to find a good spot to go. Um, oh, so that might be something to do before tomorrow then. <laughs> yes. We might want to try to figure that out. Uh, this know, is my problem. I have never gone scouting. So how do we do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finding good turkey spots. You know, um, a lot of turkey, uh, areas, turkey hunting areas are found accidentally by deer hunting and, you know, you're out deer hunting and you see turkeys because, you know, they're just you're out in the woods and you're able to spot them. Um, now, that's good and bad. One, it's good because if they're you got to know if there's even turkeys in the general vicinity. And, and if you're deer hunting and you see them or hear them, you know that they're there. 
The bad thing is sometimes by the time, you know, the, the calendar pages flip over and it becomes spring, those turkeys may not be in the exact same location that yeah. they were in the fall. We have that um, on our property. Yeah. They always so they, come through during the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. And they might be, and they may not be, but, um, they, you know, and, and another thing is in the wintertime, they'll be flocked up into big groups and in the spring they start splitting up. So just, you know, find them, finding them in the spring is a little bit different. Um, but if you're, let's say you've got a, a piece of property um, and uh, you and I are going to go turkey hunting and I'll talk to, you know, my buddy Jim Bob and his grandma has 400 acres um, an hour and a half away from us. And I don't know anything about this land other than, you know, Grandma Myrtle said that she's seen turkeys on there every year. So the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to find that property on, uh, on Google Google Earth. And okay, so I'm a detailed person if you haven't figured that out yet. Uh, I'm very detailed and I research things. So the first thing to do that I'd recommend is to get on Google Earth and find that property um, from that aerial satellite view. There's a couple of things you're going to find from that. One is you're going to find where might be potentially good places to find turkey on that property. You're also going to realize what places may not be good. And places that may not be good right off the bat are areas that are going to be, um, uh, ha that have a lot of pressure. And when I say pressure, I mean, you know, right next to a road or uh, next to a house or next to a horse farm where they're, you know, running horses all the time. Anywhere there's people and noise, generally the turkeys are going to try to move away from that. Now, as soon as I say that, you know, you've got listeners out there that are going to say, well, I've got turkeys yeah. that are right beside the road. And that always happens. Yeah. But generally speaking, the less pressured a, a turkey is, the more successful you'll be. So. Find an area that's away from a road, right away from houses and things like that, and you want to look for water. Water is just like any other animal. Um, you know, a, a turkey's got to drink water, but they not only drink it, but they actually roost over water. And one of the advantages that ah, we have, I didn't know that. yeah, one of the advantages that we have <laughs> when turkey hunting over some of the other animals that we may hunt is that every single night a turkey's going to go fly up into a tree and stay there all night long until it gets light the next morning and they're going to fly back down. Generally, they'll fly in the same tree that they were the night before. So if we can figure out where they're roosting, that's a big advantage. So, yeah. and when I say water, it could be, um, it could be a, a, a river. It could be a creek. There could, it could be a creek without even any water in it. And they'll still roost above that. Um, a pond, uh, lakes, they'll, anywhere there's water, they feel safer over water. So a lot of times those roost trees will be right at the edge of water. So I'm looking for water when I'm looking at that satellite view. Then I'm also looking for some, uh, some fields that may have some, um, lower, low grass in it. That if I can kind of see, well, maybe that area isn't like, you know, grown up bushy weeds. Maybe there's some areas that have some lower, uh, grass that's real green, you know, and you can't tell everything from a satellite image, yeah. but you can just kind of guess. So those are the areas that I'm going to be looking for uh, to start with. And then after I've done the Google Earth thing, I'm going to actually go out there and do some scouting. And the best way to scout is to get out there, um, maybe even before you're actually going to hunt. Like I'm going to go this, this Thursday to a property that I've got permission to hunt. I've never, uh, Never scouted it, never done anything, but I kind of I've, I've done the satellite image and I've got an idea where it, what it looks like. I'm gonna go get to the middle of that property in the highest place, and before it gets light in the morning, and I'm just gonna sit there and be real, real quiet because, generally speaking, every morning the turkeys the 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 uh, toms are gonna gobble and the hens are gonna yelp. So I'll Year just round? listen. 
Yeah, yeah year round. Awesome. Especially in the spring, though. Yeah. They'll do course. it in the fall as well. But we're we're close enough to that springtime now, and you know, hunting's uh, getting underway. That uh, depending on which state, you know, some yeah. states start earlier, some states start a little bit later. But for pretty much from uh, say March to the end of May, you're that's going to be the the time whenever they're gobbling the most. But they'll also do it in the in the fall. But that's the best way. If you hear them, you know that they're there. Yep. Um, but we're gonna. I'm gonna look for uh, roost trees. I'm gonna look for feeding areas. Like I said, that may be some uh, fields that have some short green grass because they like to uh, eat the insects and pick at the seeds and eat the young sprouts. I'll look for scratch uh, scratchings in the ground. I look for tracks in those feeding areas. Um, again, around water, it may be a little bit muddy, so you can look for the, you know, the infamous three-toed uh, track of a, of a turkey. Um, look for dusting areas where every day a turkey will. Uh, will get down the dirt and just start flapping its wings and put uh, dirt up on it to help keep the insects off of it. And then also strut zones. Uh, Tom will strut around. He'll drag his wings in the dirt. So look on dirt roads, field edges, and things like that for, cool. for strut zones. So uh, Google Earth, you know, find a, an unpressured area, look for water, roost trees, fields. And then after that, start looking for feeding areas, watering areas, dusting areas, strut zones. So that's what I'm going to do is we'll find a good spot for us to go to. And then um, when we go up, when we, when we get out there that morning, we're going to get out there before it gets light. And we're going to set up. And there's a couple of things we can do. Uh, first of all, we can just be quiet and not make any sound before it gets light. And generally speaking, I like to do that because uh, if you've heard the term shot gobble yeah. or using a locator call, uh, a lot of times you can use a an owl call or a crow call to to sound off and, and make the uh, make the, the turkeys gobble back at you just so you know where they're at. I generally like to just just wait and let you know let it happen naturally. Wait for that owl to hoot or that uh, you know it, it could be anything. Tur- turkeys whatever noise they hear that they don't like or whatever they'll gobble. So I generally like to just wait and let it happen naturally. But if not, um, generally in the morning times I'll pull out an owl call, um, an owl hooter, and and do that a few times see if I can get him to to respond back to us. But um, when we're set up, we've got our full head-to-toe camo. We've got our gun. Um, we're we're ready to go. Uh, we're set up. I'll I'll do a real light tree yelp, and that'll kind of give us an idea. It it's basically telling the tom, "Hey, I'm a hen, and I made it through the night, and I'm sitting in a tree, and I'm over here." So that's just real general, low-keyed kind of conversation. And that's and, still before before sun's up. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Before. Before it, um, I I may I may wait till the first gobble. Um, if not, if I'm not hearing anything, I'll do some real light turkey. Because here's the deal: if it's not light yet and it's not time for uh, turkeys to where they have actually flown down, um, if they hear a, tur- a hen yelping like crazy, they know that's not natural. And they're 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 really smart. They're used to listening to themselves all day yeah, long. They know <laughs> they know when something's not right. You know. Yeah. So it's a real light tree yelp, and and just let them know where they're at. So. Yeah, so then, then if we're sitting there and, uh, you know, we, we get a gobbler to respond to us, um, I may once or twice more do some real light tree yelping. And then after that, I'm just going to be quiet because he knows where you're at. They can hear really, really well. So whether he's responding to your every call or whatever, he may be cutting you off and gobbling back at every tree yelp you do. But he knows where you're – if he's in the general vicinity, he's heard you and he knows that, that uh, you're there. Um, another thing that I didn't mention earlier is decoys. Um, you know, sometimes I use decoys, sometimes I don't, but, uh, decoys can be really effective, especially if you're a beginner and it does a couple of things. One is if you're using a a decoy out there, it makes, obviously it makes the, 
the Tom uh, Gobbler think that uh, there's a hen there that right. you know the sound that he's been hearing you make and all that. Another thing it does is when he comes up to the to the uh, decoy, it gives it uh, gives you a distraction. You know he's he's not looking for. Uh, for that hint anymore because he sees it or he thinks he does with that decoy. So it gives him, you know, kind of a, uh, gives you an opportunity to make those last minute adjustments with your getting your gun up to your knee or yeah. whatever you need to do. So it, it serves a distraction. But as far as decoys go, I usually put uh, my decoys out at about uh, 20 yards because that's really the ideal shot with the shotguns somewhere around that 20 to 25 yard um, uh, range. And so anyway, from then on, it's just, uh, kind of learning, uh, based on what he's doing and what he's not doing, uh, what he's, how much he's gobbling or not gobbling. You'll use different types of calls and, you know, the yelps, the cuts and the clucks and different things like that. But so before we go uh, past decoys, Corby, if, if you're a brand new turkey hunter, you don't have 300 bucks to drop on decoys. What's the one thing you would tell somebody, unless it's one really good one, what's the one thing you would say invest in this decoy? Well, um, there, a lot of it is a matter of opinion. Um, I'm not a big fan of the foam decoys. They're, they're very easy to transport because they're cl totally collapsible, but yeah. they just don't look very realistic, realistic yep. to me. I like the rubber top decoys. Um, and I could even recommend a few brands yeah, that, sure. that, that I've used and, and um, really like. Uh, I'll give you three different levels. There's kind of the beginner's level. Um, in my opinion, of the 20 to $30 de uh, decoys, I really, really like the Cabela's brand decoys. Cool. And, and there's a lot of them out there in that price range, but that's my favorite ones. And then if you're going to take a step up from that, Avian X uh, by Zinc makes a, a really, really cool uh, decoy and they're going to be around 70 to 80 dollars though so you're taking a pretty big jump yeah and then if you really want to take the leap to the best decoy on the market the dave smith decoys are are the absolute best i saw your picture on facebook yeah <laughs> just i just got one actually so uh, nice. they make a hen the hens are about 120 dollars, and uh, they go up from there for the wow. jake decoys and the tom decoys but I've killed more birds with my Cabela's decoys because I've had them the longest. Yeah. So they, they definitely work, but you know, we don't really know how, uh, how easy it is to fool a, uh, a Tom by the realism of what a decoy looks like yeah. other than sometimes they walk away and don't like it, but you know, they're going to walk away from the Dave Smith decoys at times as well. So. Yeah. Um, and would you say go hen or go Jake or what's hen? Sounds like hen. Yeah, a hen, I guess, is going to be your, your If you had to buy one. Yeah. yeah, if you had to buy one and only one, I would get a hen. Okay. And a hen can work anytime because obviously that's the thing that we're trying to mimic when we're, uh, make, when we're putting out these uh, decoys. Um, one of my favorite setups really is a hen with a jake. And it does two things. Uh, it tells the, the tom that's, that you're calling in that there's a hen there. But it also shows them that there's a, a subordinate younger uh, Jake there that he could easily pick on and, and beat up if he wanted to, to get to that hen. Gotcha. So I, I'll use that, but you know, sometimes in the season, different po points of the season, uh, a full strut Tom would work too, because they're just in the mood to fight and they're going to fight the biggest, baddest boy on the block. So, um, hen get that. My next recommendation would be a hen and a Jake. And then cool. depending on the top of year, maybe a, you know, a full strut Tom. Awesome. So that pretty much covered everything you would need to know to find turkeys in the wild, to be prepared to shoot one, to be dressed the right way so he didn't see you. But there's one more really important piece when you go turkey hunting, 
and that's talking with turkeys. I split this interview in half. There was so much information, and I found as someone who already has started turkey hunting, that if you know all those kind of basic 101 parts, the calling part can still be of help to you later on, and now you can go back and listen to that one by itself. So right now we're done with the 101 basics, on to turkey calling, and uh, that's the next episode. You can find that in the Pioneers Only Library. It's a continuation, the same interview. Uh, we just split it so you could find it easier in the future when you just want to hear a real refresher on calling. So enjoy.